Mmm, that's good. Alright guys, that's the sound of a new episode of Digital Coffee. Yes, brewed up right for you. I'm your host, Brett Dyster, and so uh, let's get on with it. Alright, there's some Twitter news going on because it's 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 Twitter. I mean, let's, let's be honest, it's Twitter. But there's a few good things and one thing that I'm going to have to, you know, facepalm and give a little bit longer rant, so let's get into it anyways. Alright, first of all, Twitter is rolling out a QR code, kind of like what Snapchat has done. So you can easily follow people with Twitter because, you know, the at handles weren't easy enough. You had to do uh, this. So with Twitter, basically they've been hemorrhaging money. They haven't been doing so well in the stock market. And it's just been a free fall where it's just, well, they're just trying to find new things to do it. So they they can be a profitable company because they got rid of Vine or trying to sell it off at the same time. Well, I mean... Because people know how to use QR codes really well, they decided to do this instead. So, if you're not familiar with it, no, I would say probably several years ago, QR codes were all the rage because you could scan the code and go to anywhere you wanted to and find information, and it would be easy and so cool. But the problem was that no one really knew where they went, and it just really wasn't that great of an idea. Anyways, so instead of becoming the next wave, it became just basically... A little bit of a running joke, but that people were trying to find new ways of doing it. Some restaurants try to use it as a way of buying things. It didn't really take off so well, but Snapchat decided to say, hey, look, instead of trying to search for people, why don't you just scan this code and then you can find it? And it did help a little bit because it actually was, it had the Snapchat logo. It looked like it would help, even though it could always be nefarious. But Twitter was like, oh, hey, let's get on the Snapchat wagon and do it. Now, it's not on every single profile, but yes, you can use a QR code, and there is a built-in scanner for it as well, because let's, let's, let's be honest. If you're using a QR code, uh, don't take a picture of it, because it won't do anything. I'm just going to throw it out there, because I know some of you are all like, oh, yeah, step, just, just take a picture of it. No, please do not take a picture of it, because you're just going to be wasting your own space for that and so it's not gonna be good it's not just just don't do it just don't do it at all uh but this is one this is the one thing to make it easier for people because at handles aren't that easy at all i i just think they're just trying to throw things at the wall and seeing if it if it will stick or not and this is just one of them that that they're trying to do and well uh they Find better ways of doing it, Twitter. I get it, you're trying to do it, but seriously, stop. All right, also, Twitter is now finally rolling out its uh, live video app on Android TV. That's right, since, you know, Android is the most popular mobile OS in the world, let's do it last, because that makes a lot of sense. So, they first kind of announced it on Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Xbox One, and now finally they're getting around to doing it on Android TV, or the Chromecast, or whatever. But like I said, because... You know, Android isn't the most popular mobile OS in the world at all. It doesn't, you know, do that and have that at all. No, not not at all. Yes, it's the most popular one. I just don't understand why it took them forever to actually do that. Especially when the NFL season's about half over and that's their big ticket right now is, oh, we're live streaming NFL on Thursday night, so check it out. Because it's cool. It's cool to do that. Uh, so, yeah, so... And that's what it is. It's interesting that it took them forever to actually do that, and it's not really kind of 
you know, a priority. But now it is a priority. The problem is that you really can't tweet through it as well. So I don't really understand why they didn't allow you to kind of tweet this. I was saying, hey, look, I'm viewing this right now. I feel like that would just be an obvious. Like, like I said, let's face it. It's Twitter. They really just don't know what they're doing. I feel like I just, a lot of times I just feel like they're just, like I said before, they're just throwing things at the wall and be like, look, one stock, let's do it that way. And I guess you could get lucky that way, but that's just not a way to do your business to me. To be honest with you, you want to do it the right way. You want to, yes, try new things out, obviously, but just don't throw it at the at the wall going, oh, I hope this one lands. But I feel like a lot of times businesses just do that because it's, it's the cool thing to do. All right, now... I really just want to have to talk about this, but I feel like I have to talk about this because the whole censorship idea is is getting a little ridiculous, especially on Facebook and Twitter. And Facebook has been known to, well, do it as well. There's been reports on, now uh, I'll say it's rumors, so don't be attacking me going, it's not really true. It's rumors, okay? There have been documented reports of them doing it both. There's been rumors that... Twitter's shadow banned people for not having the right ideology. And now Twitter has been going on this rampage of banning multiple alt-right alternative right accounts. Alternative right is kind of the rise from, uh, you know, the left or the progressive movement and how they like to talk about, oddly enough, uh, your race, your gender, social, uh, your, your gender identity, I guess, because there are only two, but apparently there's more than two because feelings, uh, and other things to the point of that. If you don't agree with them, they'll get mad at you and they'll block you nine times out of 10. Uh, I, for example, on my own personal account, I took to task one very, uh, progressive person uh, who basically told one guy that he was like the Nazis, even though I said, hey, look, no, he's not, because he hasn't killed millions of people, so why are you saying he is? And then he blocked me, because I basically tore apart his argument, which wasn't hard, uh, and he blocked me because, you know, that's the best way of doing it. If someone has a rebuttal to your argument, block them, because they basically showed you you were wrong. Because that's the way you deal with arguments like an adult but getting back onto it twitter has decided that to block uh several different people so it blocked uh paul town pack uh pax dickinson excuse me ricky vaughn and john rivers to basically uh because they don't really know specifically why they did it and twitter's not saying much which is never a good sign now look at before i get in any more involved with this i'm gonna say this Yes, uh, private businesses can do whatever they want with their pro- with their platform. They do not have to abide by the First Amendment at all because they are a private business. First Amendment rights are really specifically targeted to governments. Only the government, well, government, because we don't have more than one, but only the government and it's basically other various programs. But anything that's part of the government, they have to allow the First Amendment. They cannot stifle your speech whatsoever. So you're in a university, they cannot allow it to stifle your speech. No matter what they say, they still can't do it. Unless, and I'm not saying it's hate speech, because hate speech is actually protected speech. Unless it is a call to violence. Or you are going to basically harm somebody. So you yell, fire in a crowded uh, movie theater that is not uh, protected under the First Amendment. 
if you say if you try to get people to actually punch or do something like that, that is not protected as well. There are only a few things uh, as well, and you can say libel and slander. That is as well not protected, but that is also really difficult to prove. There has to be probable cause or intent of malice. I think it is. Don't quote me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong about that as well because I'm not a law person. But there has to be some type of intent for libel or mal uh, libel or slander to be uh, fully prosecuted or win. So that's why a lot of lawyers probably won't take it because it's really difficult. Now onto this. The reason why I have a problem with this is that you are a company is better when it actually does allow for free speech. Now, granted, you can have policies that say, hey, you can't do this, this, and this, and you should abide by them. However, Twitter has shown that it doesn't even abide by its own policies. Let's do the example of Leslie Jones, because this is a popular one. Miley Yiannopoulos, which is a, um, also an alt-writer who is very flamboyant, he, he called, he's a gay man, that's what he says, uh, he calls himself the dangerous fag. Now, that's not my words, that is his words, and he has a tour for that as well. You can Google that, you can Google search that all you want. It, you, I'm not doing hate speech. That is, that is his uh, conference, and I fully support his conference because you want he can do whatever he wants with it. Uh, he now people usually subscribe to more of the left or progressive side said that he was harassing Leslie Jones. He really wasn't. He was critiquing in a very um, colorful way. He was critiquing her performance on Ghostbusters, basically saying it was terrible. Uh, and she got mad at it. But the problem is, is that his followers that he cannot control himself, because you cannot control your all. If you have millions of followers, you can't control that. There's no way you can control that or police that whatsoever. You could say don't do it, but it doesn't mean that they won't. Uh, kind of did some, well, pretty terrible things. Let's be honest. It was pretty terrible, like um, equating her to a gorilla, Harambe. Uh, that wasn't, I don't abide by that, but I don't control people either. And uh, he got banned because Leslie Jones got in contact with Jack Dorsey, who is the part-time CEO of Twitter, and he decided to go after him. However, there's been other tweets that she has told her audience to go after people, and that's not okay. So they have there there has been clear signs that they actually don't even abide by their own policies. I want and I'll, I'll say this: the rise in popularity of Twitter and Facebook was because of free speech was because they allowed people to say what they wanted to that's the reason why they got popular it wasn't because that they were uh they restricted it now there have been other nefarious things they've done in europe especially in germany will they act they will be monitoring what you say and there's anything of hate speech they will be uh handing it over to the government and you will be prosecuted for that and so that's not okay and so you have to understand that worldwide they don't they, they aren't abiding by the free speech at all. They're abiding by whatever governments they've, they are uh, involved with overseas. And the problem is with that is that they aren't even really going what they've said way long ago. Because Twitter before was a staunch believer mostly in the free speech. And they would not allow, um, they wouldn't take it down for whatever reason. Now they kind of backtracked and said, yeah, we'll take it down. Which is a weird like turn of events. And the problem I have with this is that you're going to start seeing people leave. If they're popular people, you're going to start seeing them leave. You'll probably give rise to even more uh, of a popularity with them as well. And so 
your best way of dealing with this is, well, not block banning him at all because basically Mile is super popular because of that now. People keep on talking about him. Every time someone bans uh, someone on Twitter that's part of the alt-right, he gets mentioned in it as well. And so what you've done is you created kind of a martyr in a way that you probably wouldn't have created a martyr if you didn't do it in that way. So Twitter, ha- they have a lot of problems, and this is one of them. They have to stop, if they are doing it, like I said, I cannot confirm it, shadow banning. They have to stop just banning the right side of an ideology because it's not their side. Uh, And I've said this before, Marketing Blend, as a CEO, you have to be, when you're working, you have to be politically neutral. You cannot take a side whatsoever. Right or wrong, you cannot take a side. I'm sorry, this is... You may not like it. You may be a CEO or someone higher up. You're like, but I really want to. I don't care. You cannot take a side. You have to remain neutral and you have to respect people's ideas. Because to be honest with you, the most important thing, and this is my own opinion, is diversity of thought. I don't care what race, gender, or whatever. If you want to be several different fictitious genders. I don't care. I only care what is inside your mind and what you're thinking of and what you uh, how you see the world that that's the most important part it's not what you look like because what you look like always well for the most part always changes I mean you can't change your sex it takes a little it takes a while it may not be recommended for you but beyond that you can change your hairstyle you can change your clothing style uh, you can change your eye color in some ways you know contact lenses you can change a lot of things about yourself but it's hard to change your ideas because those are shaped over time and they're harder to actually change they can change especially if you're younger they change quite a bit but once you get older it becomes harder and harder to actually change it so my thing is if they're doing is twitter please stop banning people because they aren't a part of the left i know jack dorsey's more left because he's in San Francisco and that area is, per, and take my word, because I'm in California, it is very left to a point of almost a religious doctrine. And the funny part is, is that I'm religious too, and I see it, and I'm like, and I see the dichotomy of that as well. So I'm seeing it from more of a perspective of trying to be a logical person that does believe in religion. I will not say which one, just because it doesn't matter. But I'm seeing a doctrine being played out in politics as almost a religious doctrine as much as, and I've said this before, and also tribalism. Tribalism of, you're in our camp, and so we're right, and whoever else is not in our camp is wrong, and that's not really how you go with it. So once again, Twitter, I'm pleading you, stop the banning of what you think is wrong, think. That is not a good way of doing business, and you're going to hurt yourself in the long run. Especially when the pendulum switches and more and more people become either more mid-center or even more a little bit mid-right. You could be in a bigger trouble because people are like, I don't want to be a part of this. This is just just all groupthink. You don't want that. You want diversity of thought and you want that in social media. Especially in social media, it's extremely important to have diversity of thought because 
it's, it'll just help in the long run. It'll help bring different people together or help bring different groups together. And you want different types of groups because they'll keep on using your site. And so it's not a good thing business-wise to just ban alt-right people because it was quote-unquote harassment. And that's all I say, quote-unquote harassment, because I don't know if it actually is or isn't harassment because Twitter has not really ever been forthcoming about that. Ever. And that's another problem with them. All right, moving on. Uh, Microsoft, lo and behold, has joined the Linux Foundation. Now you're like, what the heck is Linux? Let me tell you, it is an open source operating system. It's actually one of the older operating systems out there. It's actually a precursor to uh, Windows and uh, the Mac uh, operating system. And it's it's basically been going for quite a while. Uh, there's a popular variant of it, like Ubuntu, uh, which is a pretty good one if you want to try out. However, if you're not very tech savvy, I will... Uh, tell you and advise you don't do it because it's going to be a lot harder for you to figure it out, especially since a lot of programs aren't really written for Linux, even though more and more are starting to be. If you aren't really very tech savvy, don't do it because you're just going to be basically pulling your hair out. Unless you can figure out how to do a boot, I would recommend not doing it at all. At all. But it's interesting because Microsoft hasn't been really the champion of open source. Um, its history has been to basically build itself up and then buy companies that have built really great products, get rid of them, and then take their tech. And that's kind of been the way they've been doing it for at least two decades. Uh, and so this is kind of a change of uh, change of thought, but they're also a new CEO, Stephen Ballmer has been notorious about not liking Linux, and so when he left, Ballmer, I think it's, isn't, yeah, I think it's right, uh, the new one took over, and he's been a little bit more forthcoming about it. Thing is, is that they've open sourced the .NET uh, infrastructure for them as well, and they've, and it looks like it's a better way of doing things. And I kind of like that they're doing this, and it's great for, um, it's just great for tech in general. I am way more open to uh, companies like this, at least not giving everything out. They don't have to give everything out. The proprietary software like Office and Windows, fine, don't give that out. But it, just helping in other ways is also a good way of doing it. Now, it's interesting that they're, they're part of the Platinum members, which is basically 500000 annually. And there's other big names, including Cisco, Fujitsu, I don't know why I couldn't say it, HPE, Huawei, IBM, Intel, NEC, Oracle, which is weird because they hate open source I don't know why they're on there. To be honest with you, they do not like open source. I don't know why they actually ever bought some microsystems because they don't like uh, Google using Java for Android, even though Google's been going away from and, uh, from Java just so they can get out of the legal trouble. Qualcomm and Samsung. Maybe Samsung can figure out, I'm going to have to say it, how to stop their batteries from exploding. Have to say it. Have to. Uh, but it's good to see that they're actually doing it and they're actually contributing to a lot, a lot of high-profile uh, open source project. So kudos to them. Hey, it's 2016, so change of hearts. Yes, they are now a part of Linux Foundation. Very interesting. All right, Google Earth VR is, well, it's here, and you can be Superman. You can fly around and look at different things, or most of the world, I should say. The problem is you won't be able to use it on the Daydream uh, VR because it's going to need a lot more processing power. You can use it on the HTC Vive which is more of the Steam, and it's more of gaming, but it's also really expensive, about $800 for that uh, VR unit. But if you're more interested, that sh 
you could look at that, but like I said, that's the only way you're going to be able to do it. You can't really do it through the smartphone because maybe because the processing power and the graphics aren't really there quite yet. Uh, it's probably going to be a few years for that. But yes, you can actually do that. So if you have the HTC Vive, check it out and fly over the world. Fly, fly. All right. So you think your uh, computer's protected? Um, well, no. You can actually buy a $5 device that can hack your password-protected computer in 30 seconds. Now, what thing is, does it doesn't actually try to brute force it. And brute force, what I mean by that is that it tries to guess um, your password and then goes, oh, found it. Uh, what it does is it tries to circumvent it and find a different way of doing it. So the problem is with that is that, yeah, you're, you're never really protected. Even passwords fail. Unfortunately, the best password can fail too. That's an inevitability, and I always talk about this, even when it's just talking to different clients about um, marketing and talking about them about the, the uh, that it could happen, that you could be hacked. It's not if, it's always when you'll be hacked because it's going to happen, unfortunately. There's no way about getting a around it you're just gonna have to find a ways of backing up your data so when it does happen you'll be prepared for it so what this person is he bought a five dollar raspberry Phi zero which is a very small computer if you want to look at it and basically had a usb adapter and plugged it into a device and in 30 seconds he bypassed the lock screen on the computer um and then he did and there's a lot of different things that he did with it but basically you know I heard from the HTTP, which is basically unsecure uh, web addresses to H from HTTPS and then sent uh, different types of data through unsecure channels, which is never fun to do. Um, the thing is, is that there's, there's ways to get around this. So if you ever leave your computer, one, put on hibernate instead of sleep, because what hibernation does is that it suspends all processes for your computer. Also, close your web browser each time you walk away from your machine. Regularly clean your browser cache. I don't even do that very well, let's be honest, but I also use my desktop more often, so unless someone breaks into the place I'm at, I'm usually okay with it, but I'm also always yeah, a little antsy about that. Also, use full disk encryption on your device hibernation mode as well, and disable the USB ports. So when you leave, you should probably do some of these, but yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, and you're like, oh, I got a great password. Nope. It's like I said, once before, it hijacked it in 30 seconds and it found a way around that. It circumvented that password. So there's going to be a lot more things you're going to have to do to make sure that you're safe. I know that you're going to want to do, and I've seen it before, working in a coffee shop. Someone gets up and goes, hey, you can watch that. Sure. However, I'm going to say this. I would just be extra careful and just make sure that you at least hibernate your computer and if you can, just disable the USB ports. Um, if you can't, at least do hibernation, because at least hibernation will suspend all the process, processes going on, and then nobody can actually, you know, get into it. Because just leaving it open and leaving your browser open is never the best way of doing it, just to be honest. All right, WhatsApp is finally bringing video calling support to Android, iOS, and Windows phones. That's right. You can finally call people through WhatsApp because you know you use it. Well, I don't use it that much, but I, I, I have. I have used it. Ha-ha. Um, but no, it's a beta build, and it's going to allow you to, you know, call people. So it is basically becoming like a Skype in a way or any of the other competitors like Line, uh, um, Messenger, 
which has some of it, but it's also Facebook owned, so there you go with it. It also has support for GIFs, but only on iOS, and it's also testing out Snapchat-like features. Uh, so check it out if you want to do a beta build on that, and you want to, you know, call people instead of just texting them, but we all like texting, so you're probably not going to use it, to be honest with you, but at least you should know. Alright, so do you have a blue phone, and you're like, no, my phone's black. No, 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 silly. I didn't mean the, the color of it. No, Blue is a company, and it's a Chinese company, that makes affordable, if not not always working, phones. I tried to use some of them when my phone broke and I had to wait for my new one, which, by the way, I got my new Pixel phone uh, yesterday. So I'll, I'll give my previews uh, later on in the episode. But uh, what it found, what a security research firm found is that Unlock Blue's Android smartphones, well, they were um, sending data to a Shanghai server without the user's knowledge or permission, which is not very good. Uh, so, yeah, if you have a Blue phone, I, I wouldn't buy from them anymore, to be honest with you, because they say they didn't know about it, but I say they did, and someone found out, caught them, and now they're like, oh, okay, well, we... We, uh, we fixed that issue, so it won't happen anymore. But seriously, that's the problem. And you're going to always have to be careful about getting phones from, well, other countries that don't really have... I'm not saying the United States is the best on, you know, keeping data private and not spying on their own citizens. But on the, on the you know, sliding scale, they're a lot better than China is on, you know, privacy and protections. Uh, so there's that as well. So, yeah, and also it found that Huawei, which is another Chinese manufacturer, also had the same problem as well. So I would do my best to figure out a way of getting rid of that and just making sure that you're protected and secure because that's not really a good thing. Yeah. Oh, man. Always, always, always. All right. So there's been a report yesterday that Snapchat is filing for an IPO. That's right. It's going to go public. Woo! It's going public. It's making itself known. Uh, so it looks like it's going to be a validation at $20 billion. Uh, so we'll maybe able to see it in March is kind of the rumor as early as March as they're going to be delivering their IPO or their, uh, their public offering to people to actually buy stock. So if you're looking for a new company to actually invest in, this actually might be a good one for you to do as well because, well, it's it's a company that's pretty popular. Uh, Snapchat Spectacles were a pretty popular thing to do as well. And to be honest with you, I'm looking to see what they're going to actually do. I actually might be buying stock with them as well because why not? All right. Now, you know there's Slack. There's also uh, Microsoft Teams because we're all cool with our names. Well, it looks like Broadsoft is bringing Team One, a Slack competitor, as well. But it looks like it's really mostly for Macs or maybe desktops and iPhones. So Android users are going to be on alert. But you have Slack, so who cares? Uh, but yes, Microsoft Team launched it earlier because names aren't really the best uh, attribute for IT companies. Uh, so there's that. But also Broadsoft is bringing it as well. And it's it's basically has similarities between Microsoft Teams and Slack as well. So even though Slack kind of pioneered this way of doing communication, now it's going to have its um, spread of competitors 
going after it as well. So we should be interesting to see if these actually, you know, pan out. I'm pretty sure Microsoft Teams will be doing pretty well the people that are Team Microsoft. Uh-huh. But beyond that, I don't really see a lot of other people actually using it. Now, I'm interested to see what Google is actually going to be doing with it because Google hasn't really done much with that types of uh, communication. They do have Google Hangouts, and it's rumored to actually be a little bit more... Um, well, a little bit more business side of it, but they haven't really done much with it. Now, there's Facebook Workplace as well, and that is kind of like a Slack competitor, but it's Facebook, and I really wouldn't trust it that much. I was saying that Google isn't better sometimes, but eh, I, I'm not very much team Facebook at all. All right. Uh, the Basically, the antivirus firm uh, Kapaskersky Lab, I probably butchered that, and it's a hard name to say, uh, is, well, it's eyeing a real-time backup service for social media levers. Yes, that's right. Social media has, well, it has shaped our lives, but also has made a lot of people worry about it as well because, well, of the fake news that is always circling around it and there's no way to circumvent it or Facebook has a found a way to circumvent it. But anyways, people have been a little... Maybe getting a little tired of social media and, and moving away from it inch by inch just because of the election and everything else that's going on. Plus, with a lot of misinformation going out and you always have to verify if it's actually the right information, that's another problem with it as well. So, here's the thing. Uh, the company basically decided to have kind of a little bit of research and it basically is called forget with three F's because either they misspelled it or they just really wanted you to make sure that the F the F letter was prominent. Uh, but yeah, it said that with this freemium model, it will be able to do real-time backup. Now, other social media networks do have archives. You can request one from Facebook and Twitter, and it's fine to request those. And it's it does work. It does take some time to actually get it. But if you are really sick and tired of social media and cannot stand all those Trump supporters or uh, Hillary's supporters or anything else in between, uh, you may consider actually leaving. And you know what? You have every right to leave. Uh, if you are not in an industry that requires you to be on social media, then don't be on it. I mean, it's your prerogative. I'm not going to say yes or no. I still have hope for social media. I just think social media needs to be a little bit more democratic than it's been uh, recently. And prior to this, I've talked about that. Uh, but, yeah, if you really want to leave, you can leave it. They'll, it'll back up in real time and make sure that all your data is there. And then, well, you can say goodbye, Facebook. No more baby pictures or uh, false articles. We don't need this. I don't need this anymore in my life. I know people's lives aren't happy and quaint. But moving on, Google Docs, Sheets, Slides, and Forms now let you create custom templates. Yes, that's right. Before they had templates for you, but you really couldn't create your own. Now uh, Google finally allows you to do it. So it's actually slowly and surely getting just as good or even better than Office. I love both Office and uh, Google Drive because I have both of them as well. And they both have their places for it. Office is more of the tried and true, uh, very robust, and it's been around for quite a while type of Office suite. And Google is, well, it's cloud-based, it's light, it's really it has some really great features that 
Microsoft eventually had to implement into its own. So if you're Team Microsoft or Team Google, I don't really care because I'm kind of both, to be honest with you. I'm not really Team Apple too much because, well, I have some problems with them. Uh, they've made great products, so I will not say that their products are awful. It's just I have some problems with basically their um, extensions and not being able to use third-party stuff because I have to buy Apple all the time. That's my problem with it. But anyways, um, so yeah, you can create your own and make sure that you can use your own templates. And hey, that's a good thing because you, you can actually, you know, use it as your own company's template instead of using somebody else's instead. You can be like, look, I made this. But yes, you can finally do it. Yay! Yay! All right, so... If you didn't know, or you're literally living under the biggest rock ever, uh, the elections happened, and everybody was surprised about it, and, well, Trump is going to be uh, president. Yes, it's, it's going to happen. I know you're, some of you are upset, and, well, life's not fair. I mean, it's the, it's the biggest cliche ever, but it's usually true. Uh, but it looks like the FCC, the federal... Uh, the Federal Commission or the Federal Communication Commission uh, has, well, has said to put a lot of its controversial um, plans on hold because of the new president coming in and to prepare for president and to not actually do anything because it's going to have more scrutiny than it already does. So any of its plans to, you know, make sure to uh, have data more private and to make sure that people aren't selling your data without your permission or at least only not selling them very personal data that you don't want it to, you know, actually be sold to, uh, is going to be put on hold until Trump comes in office, and because he's going to be he's going to be dictating what the FCC is going to be doing, and he may actually be appointing somebody new because that's usually what happens when a new president comes in. They do elect new uh, cabinet members for each of their um, commissions or other agencies as well, so. Uh, be on the lookout for that. It's probably going to be changing. You may or may not hate it. I don't know what political affinities you are a part of, or if you're left, right, whatever. But times always change. Ch-ch-ch-changes. I do that once. All right. Google Translate isn't going to be tapping into uh, the neural networks for smarter language learning. That's right. Gone are the days where it's you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Um or you're still using Google Voice like I am for your voicemail, and you're like, wait, what? Huh? Uh, which, by the way, Google, for the love of God, update that. Anyways, moving on to that. Yeah, it's going to be actually using more of its neural network to do more machine learning and actually understand and actually be a little bit better at uh, translating it into a more comprehensible, you know, paragraphs and sentences. Uh, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be doing the best efforts for that as well. And Google Translate is going to be uh, updating for that Android and iOS and online as well. But since Google has been pushing further and further into the neural networks, uh, this is just another way of doing it as well. Um, they're using it for Google Assistant, which is only on the Pixel phone right now. Uh, that's why part of the reason why I actually got it as well to actually test that out, see if it's actually any good. Uh, but yeah, so the Google Translate is actually going to be just one of those so be on the lookout for it and see if it actually works out for you or if it doesn't then it's not gonna work out for you all right seagate is basically bringing to market a massive portable hard drive five terabytes now you're wondering what how big is a terabyte all right let me show you let me talk you through it again 
because I've done this before, but I always want to make sure that any new listener that's not really into tech very much understands kind of the hierarchy of um, memory storage for tech. So you got kilobytes, megabytes, gigabytes, terabytes, um, zettabytes, I think. Uh, but it goes on and on and on. Uh, but you only need to worry about those right now until we get even higher, which could happen. So every thou um, every thousand kilobytes equals one megabyte. Every thousand megabytes equals one gigabyte, and every thousand gigabytes equals one terabyte. So it is basically five thousand gigabytes. That's how big it is. It's pretty big. Uh, right now, most games are around. I think the biggest one I've seen so far. Well, it was actually Call of Duty, but it was like two games total was about 150 gigabytes. So it really hasn't hit the thousand mark yet, but it, it will. It eventually will. Once you have zettabytes of data, it's just getting bigger and bigger. But yes, uh, they're coming out with it, and it's going to be in ooh stylish aluminum casing with black, silver, or blue. So if you really want to do it and make sure that you're like, ooh, look at my portable hard drive. Isn't it sexy? Uh, you can get this. It's going to be about two and a half inch internal drive. So it's, it's pretty thick for what it is. Uh, but if you're looking for to store massive amounts of data, this is probably the one for you as well. Especially if you're storing a lot of pictures and videos, that would probably be the best bet for you. All right. Now, OnePlus. And you're wondering, what's OnePlus? I mean, is it OnePlus 2, OnePlus 3? No, it's the company called OnePlus. Has finally unveiled the next, or uh, the upgrade version of the OnePlus 3. It's called the OnePlus 3T. And it basically has some minor upgrades. Most of it is, uh, it's going to be basically the same body. It's, it's going to be, so the exterior is going to be the same. Uh, now, the interior is going to be a little bit different. It's going to upgrade to a, a Snapdragon 821 processor, which actually the Pixel phone has, and uh, the OnePlus 3 had an 820 processor, so there is a difference. It's running about 2.35 gigahertz. It also has 6 gigs of RAM. Now, you're wondering about RAM. RAM is what helps run all your systems. You, basically, when you're running different programs, it takes bits of or parts of the RAM to actually run it. So, if you are basically killing or your computer's running really slowly it could be that your ram is um basically at its limit and you can't actually run anymore you might have to upgrade for more ram if you can uh you're wondering what ram is it's random access memory uh just a little tidbit for you and it also has a larger battery three uh 3400 battery uh 16 megapixel front camera which uh which uh, combines pixels into four megapixel images in low light, and 120 gig storage option is available, plus gray colored unit. Now, it's going to run you about, uh, hold on, it's gonna run you about, so for the 64 gig, 439, and then for the 128 gig, it's gonna be 479, so it's a pretty reasonable price for it. Also, it's gonna have the USB-C, uh, it's going to have Android 7 Nougat, which is the newest Android out there so far. Uh, it's also going to be able to, for the camera, support raw image support. If you're wondering, raw image is basically the the uncompressed version uh, version of your picture. I mean, it's the biggest picture with the highest resolution, resolution you can get. And it's usually great when you're shooting it and you want to edit it because you get the best resolution for it. And then you can uh, put it into JPEG or whatever else you want as well. So there's that to get as well. But yeah, um, 
I think it's a great one if you're looking for a new phone and it's not uh, the iPhone because you only have one option or two-ish options. Uh, this is another one to look at as well. It's pretty good. It does run its own uh, custom Android as well. It's called uh, Oxygen OS. Um, they they, uh, they have said that they're going to do a better job of having better support of it. That means better upgrades for it as well. But yeah, it's it's, it's a great company. It's, they usually push out great phones. So if you're looking for something that's reasonably priced and not too expensive, this is the one for you if you're upset at that the Google Pixel phone is expensive. And I completely understand. All right, things to try out this month are apps and programs. Now, there is a new radio out for iOS, uh, Samsung Galaxy phones, because apparently they have their own app store, and Google, uh, Google Play or Android as well. It's called Auto Radio, and it allows you to, it basically curates your tastes um, from what you're listening to, so you can listen to the things that you want to actually listen to. Um, so it's basically a curation of podcasts for you. And so if you're looking for that, well, you should check it out. I am on there, if you're wondering. So you can subscribe to me on there as well, if you want to. But, you know, check it out. Uh, see if you like it or not. It's an interesting little way of doing it. But, yeah, um, Auto Radio is uh, there for you to give you the best podcast for your tastes. Because not everybody likes every podcast out there, and there's quite a bit of them. All right, now Google has been experimenting with AI for quite a while, and now it's letting you experiment with different things like quick draws or pictures or anything like else like that. So uh, take a look, experiment with them if you want to. It's up to you. Also, are you one of those people that loves colors and everything else colors? Well, there is Drop, where it allows you to you know pick the right color for you and copy and paste the code, and then um, you know. Save the palette for later as well, so you can find really great colors and make sure that you use them as well. Um, now, this is only built for Mac OS, so if you're not using Mac OS, you, you really can't use it, and for iOS, I should say, as well. So, check it out. It's called Drop, and it allows you to, you know, find colors, save colors, and do all the things that you want to do. And all right, now I'm going to give you my uh, initial impressions of the Pixel Phone. So, I got the Pixel Phone finally yesterday. It is very light and slim. I will give it that. Felt sometimes I was gonna drop it because it's very light and very slim. Uh, it's really fast, really speedy. Um, I got the hundred. I, no, I got the Pixel, not the XL, because well, I just didn't really feel like another extra hundred dollars was a good investment. Anyways, I know it has a higher resolution screen, but I mean, to be honest with you, there's not much of a difference. So I got the 128 gig version of the Pixel phone. Uh, right now, it's really speedy. It's really great. Uh, it's very nice. I like uh, I like where uh, Google's going with Android 7. Uh, there's some interesting new things going on with it. The app drawer is kind of more of a, a swipe up instead of that button in the middle. Um, Google Assistant, I've used it a couple times. It's is pretty dead on, pretty good as well. Um, everything was really fast and really speedy. Uh, now, the great thing is if you have a Gmail account and you've used Android before, it will transfer all your data from the saved prior to it, or you can transfer it through a data connection. They actually give you two USB-C cables, oddly enough. Uh, it was really easy to set up. It took me maybe five minutes to set it all up, if that. Uh, now, to fully have my, my phone up and running took me a lot longer because I have way too many apps. Um, that's because I test everything out for you guys. Uh, but 
for right now, I haven't tested out the camera quite yet. I haven't gotten around to that. It's actually really good. It's actually pretty speedy. I do like the new their their version of 3D Touch. Not only some apps are available for using that right now, but you can see the see which ones are and see which ones aren't. But they give you different options, so you don't actually have to go into the app as well. So that's another great thing. Um, I do like the layout. I do like the design of it. Uh, I do like the new features that it has. I haven't really tried out games so far for it, but I've got a lot longer battery life so far than my Moto X second generation, which uh, bit the dust. But right now, so far, I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. It's a really good phone. So if you are looking for a new phone, you might want to look at that. And also it has uh, vanilla Android. Yes, the purest you can get for Android because Google doesn't put extra stuff besides its own stuff on there. So yes, if you're looking for a new phone, you should definitely check that out. Now, you're either going to have to go to Google Store and get it if you're not on Verizon or go to Verizon. I went to Google Store and there are leasing programs for it as well. So you have that as well. Uh, but yeah, right now I'm enjoying it. I think it's a great phone. Now, that is it actually for digital coffee. I know, weird, it's just gone by so fast. Uh, but anyways, thank you for tuning in guys. Now be sure to subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Acast, and Auto Radio as well, I'm on there. Also, be sure to follow Digital Coffee for all the updates on tech news or as fast as I can get them out. On Twitter at DigitalCO77EE, a Periscope, the same DigitalCO77EE, Facebook Digital Coffee Podcast, Instagram Digital Coffee Podcast, YouTube Digital Coffee Podcast, Player.me Digital uh, Coffee, and I'm on the Twitch and the YouTube Gaming as well. I swear I'm going to try to figure out how to actually do that on a regular basis. Uh, also, if you like these podcasts, please consider supporting me on Patreon and Podbean. I really appreciate it if you guys like this. Also, I have a Shopify store up and running, and I have great uh, coffee mugs, t-shirts, and sweatshirts. Just go to store.digitalcoffeepodcast.com and check out all the great things about it. All right, guys, join me actually tomorrow when I launch my new interview section of it called Coffee for Two. Yes, tomorrow. And then Friday for Gamers Cafe as well. All right, guys. See you tomorrow. Later. Bye.